Hey, what's going on, everyone? How you guys doing? Matt Jarbo here with Milkard Mysteries. Of course, today is episode number 51, the 27th of October 2020, only a couple days away from Halloween, which is going to be great. Saturday night, full moon. You know it's going to be crazy. Like, you know it's going to be crazy. I don't know what kind of stories are going to come out of Halloween night, but I think Friday and Saturday, we're going to find some very odd ones that I'll be talking about, obviously, next week. And of course, I want you guys to always tell me your crazy stories that you guys happen to come across. So facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the milk carton is the best way to do that. However, today's mix of stories is very interesting. We have a story where you've got, uh, in this case, a Florida woman, because it's always a Florida woman or a Florida man. I don't want to gender discriminate here, but Florida is a wild, crazy state where a 21 year old woman uh, shot a guy because a drug deal gone wrong. And when we talk about the reason why and honestly, her openness about it, I think it's going to interest you. There is the tragic story of a 69-year-old grandmother who has been missing since July, who's been discovered. But then my question becomes, foul play or natural causes? And this is where things are really up in the air. So we're going to talk about that too. And then coming out of Ohio, and this is a massive story and one that absolutely requires everyone's attention, one of the largest sex trafficking stings to ever take place in the history of the state has netted a whopping 150 plus arrests as well as many, many kids over 40 having been rescued. And that is awesome. So that is a feel good story to end today with. Usually we do crazy stories to end it with. Today's a feel good story. So why don't we dive into the first story here just so we can, we can talk about the craziness that's going on. So let's, let's talk about this story here where a woman shoots a man who gave her counterfeit cash during a drug deal. Police say that's right. Michaela Francisco, 21 years old, was arrested after a shooting in a parking lot in Boynton Beach. And like I said, you got you got to give her credit when it talks about everything involving her confession here. So this is what we know. Uh, the 21 year old Michaela French uh, Francisco. I think I said Francesca. I said it wrong. It's Francisco um, shot a man in the Publix parking lot after he gave her counterfeit money during a drug deal that they set up through Snapchat. For one, I'm impressed that Snapchat's used for that. I'm, I'm a boomer in that regard. I don't know Snapchat could be used for uh, drug dealing. I thought it was mostly, it, all the crimes is mostly just underage pornography, which is terrible. But here's what we know. Uh, Michaela Francisco was arrested Thursday morning on charges of aggravated battery, carrying a concealed firearm during the commission of a felony and improper exhibition of a firearm. That's an interesting breakdown of charges. Improper exhibition of a firearm, meaning she, you know, illegal discharge, right? But they have to they have to word it in a way of improper exhibition, maybe because she didn't kill the guy. So according to the police report, uh, Francisco had arranged to meet the victim in a parking lot of, uh, of Publix or Publix, whatever, on Congress Avenue in Boynton Beach, Florida, in order to sell him marijuana. This is why, by the way, I just want to point this out. And I don't know where you stand on this politically, but I really think legalization is the best course of action. I really feel that at this point, we really need to just federal, federally legalize marijuana because it would keep stories like this from happening. However, the flip side to that is that I'll have fewer things to talk about. So it's good for the world. It's bad for me with content, but I'm willing to make that sacrifice. And I hope you guys would be too. So officers, when they arrived, they found the car uh, that 
the uh, uh, that had crashed into a concrete barrier near the entrance to the store and seven shell casings in the parking lot. The victim uh, at this point, who has not been named, was hospitalized to be treated for injuries, but were thankfully not life threatening. So this woman did open fire. She did strike this guy, but her aim is terrible and he's going to pull through just fine. Um, you know, it's one of those moments where I, I, I completely don't agree with what happened, but you almost have to kind of go, that's instant karma. You thieving motherfucker, you know, like you were going to rob it. You were going to try to swindle a drug dealer. It, it, was this misogyny? I just have to ask that question as well. Was this misogyny? Did he, did he see her as, as being, uh, a, a younger, uh, woman, right? Cause she's only 21 years old. I mean, if you're watching this on YouTube, this is what she looks like. She's kind of small from at least the mugshot here, maybe looks meek and intimidated or intimidating, uh, or I should say not intimidating uh, or easily intimidated. And this guy thought, Hey, I can, I can, uh, I can screw this lady over. Well, no, you can't. No, you can't, sir. You didn't screw her over. In fact, you are the one who got screwed. So this is what happened. According to Michaela Francisco herself, this is what she told police. She noticed that uh, when the guy had met her in the parking lot and he walked over to the car and he tossed the money into the car after she handed him the marijuana that she realized that it was obviously fake. And so she got mad as one would expect. And she pulled out her gun as the man started to drive away and she fired, fired several shots at his car. So she's pissed off and she shot this. She shot this. I'm trying not to laugh. Look, I, I find the situation absurd and in that absurdity i'm gonna chuckle a little bit i always have to i always feel defensive when my guttural reaction is to kind of nervously laugh because there's been some uh some negative comments from people that don't like it when i when i chuckle at some of this because they think i'm getting off on it i'm not i just find it to be fascinating you have a guy met a woman on snapchat she probably knew him let's be fair they arrange a a, a drug deal via snapchat they show up, she hands him the weed, he tosses the money down. She looks at it, recognizes that it's obviously fake. Then pulls out her gun in retaliation and opens fire seven times, striking the car, striking him and him, then striking a concrete barrier with his car. Police arrive and she just opens up and she's like, he tried ripping me off. Now, granted, that's not a defense. That's absolutely not a defense. And she's going to be in jail for a while. In fact, right now, She's being held without bond in the Palm Beach County Jail. So she ain't going anywhere. She's going to stay in Florida jail. Uh, and, and this Florida woman's going to be behind bars for a while. But you know what this means? Look, I'm looking at it like this. Why, why would she be open about it, right? Why wouldn't she keep her mouth shut? Now, there could be the idea there that she just didn't know. You know, that she, she just, she's 21. She doesn't know any better. She's just going to tell them what she thinks and, and and what happened and hope that it's going to be enough to get her off because she was, you know, being robbed essentially is how she probably would frame it. And that's probably how a, a, a public defender would frame it. But there could be another side of that. If she's a dealer, like a low level dealer working for a high level dealer, this could be a situation where she gets herself out of some serious, uh, you know, shit because she's out there defending the product she's out there defending her honor and whoever her boss's honor is. And that way it's like, look, man, I'm going to jail for opening fire on this guy, but I try to protect like that 80 bucks worth of weed. It could be a ploy in order to save her ass for what happens on the inside, as well as what happens when she gets out eventually. So that is something to consider. 
but I also, again, I, I like to add my own schizo theories here. So I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this. So definitely, definitely let me know because this story to me was just, it, it, it jumped out at me. I just had to laugh at it. Um, so let's jump over here to this tragic story. Let's go from something kind of humorous to something that's terrible, but also kind of gets the noggin a jogging a little bit. So here's what we know. There was a body found inside um, Fort Worth uh, in, a, in a small town called uh, Watauga, which is outside of Fort Worth, that, uh, well, is a missing grandmother's car. Uh, Carolyn Riggins disappeared after winning a bingo uh, jackpot. Let's put a pin in that because that's going to come up in my own theories. So here's what we know about this one. Uh, the car belonging to a Fort Worth grandmother who has been missing since July, this is Carolyn Riggins, has been found in a remote area of Cook County. The body inside the vehicle has not been positively identified. But at this point, uh, they're pretty much saying that, seven, uh, you know, 69-year-old Carolyn Riggins is probably the person inside the vehicle. Let's be fair. Right, that's that's what the current speculation is. Now, she vanished after she'd won a jackpot at the Watauga Bingo Hall on July 11th. Not just one jackpot, but ultimately three. So she won one jackpot on July 10th. That was a Friday night. She went back the next night, July 11th, and she won two bingo jackpots while she was there that night. And then she disappeared. Then she vanished. And she's been gone since July. Here it is, almost the end of October. We're, we're coming into Halloween. We're coming into November. What is that? That's four months almost she's been missing. And now they found her body. Uh, so something there to consider just in regards to this. Now, this is what police say. The police said that a license plate reader logged the car on Interstate 35 in Denton heading north at about 5.30 a.m. the day after she disappeared. But searches in the area turned up nothing. The Dallas County Medical Examiner is examining the remains and will work to verify that person's identity and the cause of death. Right now, the Fort Worth police have confirmed the discovery. So they're 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 waiting until the Dallas Medical Examiner or the Dallas County Medical Examiner is able to then examine the remains to determine if it's Carolyn Riggins and what the cause of death was. Now, the other side of this is what we know about Carolyn herself. So Carolyn in 2009, she actually had a stroke and uh, that stroke has caused her to have issues with driving. This is according to a statement from her family um, back in July. And they thought that she might have had a stroke somewhere and potentially died in her car. Now that is something that is maybe going to be the, with the, the actual thing that happened. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit there and say that it didn't happen, but she did have some memory issues sometimes and she would get lost and she would call her family and her family would then give her directions on how to get home. So it's possible that when she left the bingo hall on July 11th, winnings in tow, that she just got lost and ended up driving around until something happened where unfortunately she has been for a number of months. That is something to consider. Now her family did issue a statement on the matter, uh, an official statement. And uh, they said here, we would like to thank everyone who has followed finding Carolyn and prayed for us along the way to those who have searched with us, put out flyers, donated time, money, snacks, supplies, and effort. We thank you to those who, uh, wanted to do something but couldn't. We felt your hearts and we know that you were with us in our search, our hopes, our sorrows. We are hurting now, but the healing can begin. We await positive identification 
but part of us already knows. We get to lay my sweet sister, this would be from uh, Carolyn's sister, uh, to rest now. We get to command or commend her sweet soul to heaven. We ask that you all give us time to process this information. We ask for privacy for our family in this difficult time. We will respond to your thoughts and prayers as we can. And that's a sweet statement to make. And I think at this point, yeah, they're like, look, her car was found. There's a body in there. They're waiting identification, but they probably already know it. Sometimes you just know. Doesn't make it any less tragic. But a family that's been waiting nearly four months to find out what happened to their loved one probably just wants closure. And that's probably where we find ourselves. However, on the flip side of this, the article did say that homicide detectives are also aware of the situation. And that to me is quite fascinating that homicide detectives are aware of the situation. And that's that's all it says. But I think at this point, they're waiting for the Dallas County Medical Examiner to do perform the autopsy to determine the cause of death and to determine the identity of the body that they discovered in Carolyn Riggins' car. So here's my theory. If, if, if this is not a stroke or memory relapse that led to driving in the middle of the night and potentially crashing the car, um, that could be a thing. We don't know. But my theory is she was recognized at this bingo hall. They knew her there. Other articles I had read on the subject had talked about Carolyn, had talked about how they knew her uh, and they recognized her from when she was there. So what does that mean? Well, what that tells me is that it's possible that she had nailed three jackpots in a two-night span. She was on a freaking heater. Now, what if somebody there, and we don't know, but what if somebody there saw her Friday night, or maybe didn't, just saw her Saturday walk away with two decent-sized jackpots, a nearly 70-year-old woman who looks, if you can, again, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see the picture I brought up on screen, who looks sweet as all hell, and and then just decides that they want to take the money. So they do what they do. They drive her to a remote location. They ditch the body. Because remember, the, the, the license plate scanner identifier, they had picked up her car the day she went missing or the day after she went missing northbound. But they tried performing searches in that area and were unable to find anything. So the vehicle was hidden well enough to evade discovery for nearly four months. That tells me personally, that tells me foul play. But at the same time, it could just be dementia. It could just be a, res a result of the stroke. We don't know. And I'm hoping that the Dallas County Medical Examiner can provide some information on this that would give the family closure. And, and, and I would like to know more myself. Now, granted, you might sit there and go, oh, but Matt, you're just being, you're just being morbid. It's not your place to know. But I, I talk about true crime. I, I talk about these things. So if I have a theory, if I have a weird schizo theory, I want to know the answer to it. And I think you probably do too. If you listen to this show, you probably think very similar to me. You know, we've done 50, this is 51 episodes. We've done 51 episodes. You know, there's, there's a, a decent audience for it now. And I'm pretty sure at this point you think like I do, or you at least appreciate the way I look at this kind of stuff. So there's something there to consider. However, as always, I want to hear your thoughts because this stuff is, uh, is, is, is crazy and it's sad. And, you know, like I could only imagine if my family member went missing, like how out just like, crazy I would feel as a result. And so my heart goes out to the family. I hope it's nothing sinister. 
that it was just natural causes, as tragic as that is, but at least it's a simple explanation and it's one where the grieving process can begin and not be dragged out by homicide investigations and jackasses from Washington with, with a microphone that talk about it in a podcast. So there's that. So why don't we talk about today, the final story of the day, and this is the good feel-good story. Okay, you had the weird, you had the sad, now you've got the feel-good at the end of it, right? So what we have here is this amazing, amazing situation coming out of Ohio where 45 missing children were found and 109 human trafficking survivors were also rescued. That is an insanely good thing, by the way. 45 missing kids were found and 109 human trafficking survivors were rescued. This is why we do need to put more emphasis, more resources into stopping human trafficking. Um, that is something I fully, fully and fervently believe in. So let's find out more here. So it says that 45 missing children were recovered in Ohio by U.S. Marshals as part of an October operation called Autumn Hope. And you know, it's a great title. It worked. The Ohio Attorney General David Yost said that this was the largest anti-human trafficking effort in state history. More than 50 agencies were involved in the operation, resulting in the rescue of 109 human trafficking survivors. And I was wrong at the beginning of the episode. I said around 150. I was wrong. 177 motherfuckers ain't going to be on the streets. That to me is fantastic. I love it. So this is what um, they go on to say here that uh, uh, 157 men were arrested on charges of soliciting and other crimes in Franklin, uh, Cuyahoga and Lucas counties in Ohio. So these were mostly Johns. All right. These are mostly Johns. That was a big part of it. They were looking for the Johns. They were trying to get those guys and good. I'm fine with that. I have no problem legalizing prostitution, taxing it, regulating it. All that. Same way I look at marijuana, legalize it, tax it, regulate it, all that jazz, bring money into the economy. People are going to do it. The oldest profession, the oldest profession is going to be sold. You know, if, if someone is someone's selling, someone's buying, you know what I mean? Why not? Why not do something that would take people like this and get them out of harm's way? Like, it's not a perfect solution. And I'm sure people will push back on me for saying it, but it's it's an idea worth debating. How about that? OK, but this is what Yost said the operation focused on for the four key points, rescuing the victims of human trafficking and referring them to social services recovering missing and exploited children, apprehending those who seek to, who seek to have sex with a minor, and that's good, uh, arresting male Johns seeking to buy sex. Now, the one I care about the most here is, uh, the, the, is, is clearly the recovering exploited and missing children and those who want to have sex with a minor. That, that to me is the key issue. All of it is important, but those are the ones like I, I, I get a, a visceral reaction out of me. Now, so Autumn Hope here was actually a three-day operation, a three-day sting, where Columbus, Ohio police focused on the west side, uh, Linden, Sullivan, and Parsons Avenue, looking for victims of human trafficking. Undercover officers worked with uniformed officers who would then go on to make the arrests. While this is the second year for this type of roundup, uh, it is a first for Columbia Police's packed or police and community together unit. And that's good. We're in a we're in a place right now where, you know, a cab, all cops are bastards is is trending worldwide in some aspects. And people try to denigrate the authorities all the time. Cops are all bad, you know, like uh, they're all bacon, fry them up, pigs in a blanket, that sort of thing. And it's like, come on, like not every cop is terrible. They are actually trying to get some stuff done. And, uh, you know, 
as as a West Coast liberal, I'm relatively pro-police. Go go figure on that one. But anyway, uh, this is something where you know what if you wanna if you wanna take away. Uh, you know, some of the stuff with police, I'm not saying th- these sort of stings would not happen, but they might be less effective because you want to have the police and the community working together, having, having that, that particular bond. And I, and I, it's again, my own quick little tangent here. I think more police should be from the neighborhoods that they patrol. I just think they would understand the needs of those neighborhoods better. And that would be better overall for everybody. But anyway, moving on. So uh, deputy chief Jennifer Knight, which is an awesome name. Uh, said that the focus is on getting the women help and getting them off the streets, which is fantastic. I completely agree with that. She says, our goal is to make survivors of each and every one of them. Now, groups like REACT and forensic nurses were on hand as the women were arrested. They were given a meal and medical treatment that they needed. They were also offered help with any addictions. And that is a key thing when it comes to, you know, this kind of prostitution where they, they, you know, they ply the women with, with booze and, and drugs and get them addicted. And then that's how they control them. Uh, and it's good to have those, those nurses, uh, and, and on hand in order to provide that kind of medical assistance. Now, uh, this one woman here, Ruth Downing is a forensic nurse. And she says that these women won't go to a hospital to get the care that they need because there is a very massive social stigma and there still is the illegality of prostitution. And so they probably think, Hey, listen, if we go to jail, we're just going to end up being arrested. Or if we go to, we go to the hospital, we're going to end up being arrested. So they just kind of deal with it. And that's, it only, you know, exacerbates the problem. So, um, I understand the fear, but you know, it's just, it's terrible. It's all the way through. I, I really wish that there was again, better ways to do this kind of stuff. Um, now during the operation, Columbus police made 80 arrests and recovered several guns. Of those arrests, 50 were from the packed unit, including 40 women and 10 men. So the arrests were not all male Johns, which is kind of how it makes you makes you think, right? It's kind of how it makes you look at the situation. A lot of the arrested appears were of the women who were working in the industry and, uh, and then trying to get them to help afterwards. So the arrests all kind of counter that. Anyway, uh, the Mahoning Valley, Human Trafficking Task Force arrested 22 people accused of seeking to have sex with a minor. Of those 28, eight were apprehended by Franklin County Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force, and about 20 missing children cases were already cleared. Now, there's no other information on that one, um, but all we can really say is that's fantastic. There's no better way to, to, to talk about that. It's fantastic that 20 missing persons cases were cleared. 45 missing kids were, were rescued, hopefully uh, very quickly to be reunited with their family and go from there. And I think that's awesome. I think that's great. I think that's fantastic. And that is, uh, that's good on, uh, on a ter- Ohio attorney general, David Yost, which I want to give credit to and, and for autumn hope, which has done a good, good, good thing. And I, I look forward to these stories because it, it, th- I don't know if we're ever going to be able to solve the human trafficking problem, but by having these kind of massive stings, it hopefully will serve as a deterrent, you know, hopefully, but I don't know. I I don't know. Again, I don't know if legalization is the answer. It's a debatable topic. As always, I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear your opinions. So definitely let me know if you're watching this on YouTube. Let me know down in the comment section. If you are listening to this on podcasts, uh, please feel free to head over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the milk carton 
in order to uh, let me know your thoughts over there. And I will talk to you guys uh, tomorrow. This is going to wrap up today's episode. I feel like uh, this is a good roundabout circle of stories to talk about. So let me know your thoughts, your opinions. Uh, if you guys want to support the ch- uh, support the show, patreon.com forward slash Matt Jarbo is a good way to go and, and, and do that. Or just, you know what, subscribe and leave a review somewhere if you can. And that would be fantastic too. I'd really appreciate that. All right. Well, I will talk to everyone tomorrow. If you have any stories you want me to cover, be sure to go over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the milk carton and submit over there. That way I can see them. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Have yourself a great day. Thank you again for watching and uh, peace out.